All right, welcome everyone to episode 24 of APS Radio. My name is Jim Bernica. I got an old friend with me today, Brian Feeders, president of the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. Greetings to you, my friend. Jim, so good to be here. Good to see you, my friend. Always good to see you. Yes, whether it's live or virtual like it is today. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, I wanted to start off this show, um, this being the first show of the year and the first show since Bobby Holland's passing. I, I, I felt that it was needed to, at least I wanted to give a little bit of tribute and just thanks even for the opportunity to do this show. Uh, without him, we wouldn't be able to do this. You know, he's given me this platform. Uh, fire engineering is, you know, really, really super heavy on tactics. I mean, we love tactics as firefighters, but uh, he saw there was a need for health and wellness. And here I am. And uh, I mean, that relationship really started when I was part of the Firefighter Cancer Support Network way back when. And it started as comedy night. And now you guys are doing the uh, Run to Remember 5K. And uh, actually, uh, I'd say the coolest thing I thought about Bobby, and this is a little bit different because everybody, you know, he's a historian, knows everything about everybody. The, the most interesting man in the world. He, I'm sure you agree. He, he was that guy. I loved listening to him talk about his old days, like the hippie Bobby Holden that nobody <laughs> knows about, the Grateful Dead Bobby, the skateboarder. That's, That's right. what I enjoyed the most. You know, um, look, uh, losing Bobby Holden is like, um, you know, to me, it's losing a family member. Um, and, you know, I talk a lot about cancer. and I've talked a lot about cancer across the country over the last 18 years. And, you know, I'm not a survivor, so it's a little bit different for me. But, you know, you talk to Bobby Halton, who was a survivor, and you listen to his story, and you listen to what he's done, and you listen to his dedication to other firefighters so they don't end up in the same place that he was, um, you know, that, that says a lot about an individual. Uh, I don't know if I've ever met someone as selfless as Bobby Halton. I don't know uh, anybody that I know of that's had the courage to say and do the things that Bobby Halton did. I have very rarely come across people that have had the ability to transcend every issue and come out on top. And so when I heard that Bobby had passed, uh, it, it was like losing a parent. It was like losing a member of my family because he was just that guy. You know, we had just texted back and forth. We were, we were joking about, he sent me a couple of pictures and I sent him a few pictures of some firefighters doing stupid stuff, not wearing their SCBAs. Um, you know, one of whom is a pretty prominent figure in the fire service who's inside of a burning, burnt out building um, with no good reason without an SCBA on um, and then posted pictures about it. So it's that kind of stuff that really frustrated him. It was that kind of stuff that frustrates me to this day. Um, but we had a great banter back and forth and we laughed and joked about it. And, that, and that's what we would do. And whenever we saw each other in person, uh, it was like we had seen each other the day before. He was just that guy. And um, I remember when he rang the bell in his last cancer treatment and he wore the Firefighter Cancer Support Network sweatshirt purposely. Um, it sent a message to me and it, it really was heartening. It was really gratifying to see him get through that. And it was really gratifying for us as an organization to see a guy like that representing what we do. Um, so losing Bobby is, um, you know, I, I haven't really processed that fully yet. Uh, I've been sad about it for two weeks since it happened. Um, I think that he is one of those guys that always said, leave the fire service better than when you started. Uh, there's no question that he's done that probably 30 or 40,000 times over again. Um, 
but that's quite a legacy that he leaves. And, and I think it's a call to action for all of us that have known him and been intimately involved in what he's done to really keep charging forward and do what we're doing even better and to really make um, what he stood for what we stand for in every respect of and everything that we do. So um, he was a friend. Uh, he was a brother. He um, was a survivor. Um, but more importantly, he was a staunch advocate for me and for this organization. And that's something that I'll never forget. Brother, nicely said. Thank you for that. Yeah. Definitely miss him. Yeah. Um, you mentioned 18 years you've been talking about this stuff. Doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? <laughs> yeah, it's it just one of those reasons. I, you know, I, I look at the gray hair in my head, and I look at pictures of back when uh, you and I were working together, and I think, wait a minute, I look a lot younger then. Um, yeah, you know, I, I got into this back in 2005 uh, when my engineer died of cancer suddenly, and it was three months, and he literally went from healthy to dead in three months, and you know, it devastated our department. We we didn't know what to do. We had never heard of this. You know, we you hear about cancer all the time, but you never understood that cancer was such an issue with firefighters. Um, and it really caused us to take a real step back and, and go, wait a minute, what are we doing? And at Gary Saul's funeral, um, I met Mike Dubron. And Mike Dubron had just started thinking about putting together this organization that would allow firefighters that have had cancer to meet other firefighters that have cancer currently and kind of walk them through their journey, sort of a mentor. And it, it was interesting because, you know, the conversation happened at his funeral and we thought, well, that doesn't really help us now because Gary's gone, but our experience may be helpful to other departments that are going through this. So that was my original hook is, you know, I would hate for other organizations and especially fire departments to have to go through what we just went through. Um, what can we do to help facilitate that and navigate that process? And then I went to the first meeting uh, with the original four board members of the FCSN and about 15 people, and, and I was hooked. And it was from that point forward that I became actively involved in everything that this organization did, because you could see a tangible difference uh, of what we do. You know, there's a lot of organizations out there that help, and, and credit to all of them. But for me, being able to watch the difference in someone's journey and, and have a significant impact on how they navigate perhaps the most terrorizing disease in the world uh, was so incredibly satisfying and gratifying to me that it just it, you just wanted to do more. And I was surrounded by people that had that same attitude and that same mantra. And it just, it, it has spawned since then to more than 350 people nationwide uh, involved in our organization. We've helped probably more than 30 or 40,000 people over the course of, uh, for through training, through education, through mentoring, through whatever. Um, we've had a huge impact. And we've had some great people in the organization to and from. Um, and I think it says a lot about the strength of an organization when you have people that are that good. Um, and, and so for me, it's really, it's really incredibly satisfying to have had an opportunity to be part of this and to continue the upward progress of, of where it is today. Absolutely. I mean, you and I, can, we have that ability to go back in time and we still remember how things were and how taboo it was to talk about this stuff. And now we're talking about an entire month of the year that is focused just on this topic. You know, um, it went from nobody talks about it to where 
it's all it's all over the place and i i know you have to feel the same way i do and just awestruck at how this has become what it is where it actually is talked about from the start and we know what we did way back when has manifested itself into where it really does make a difference it makes me feel good i mean same to you probably yeah, well, look, you're you're a big part of that. You know, you you were there when we needed you. You know, you stepped up and were an integral part of this organization and, and really helped get it back on track and push it forward. I mean, you should be incredibly satisfied with your participation because you did great things for the FCSN when you were here. Um, and you know, I, I think it's it's a testament to, to how the fire service has really evolved. You know, in 2013, we put that white paper out. You know, nobody wanted to talk about that. I mean, nobody. And in, in fact, people had it. Um, but they didn't want to talk about it because then it became real. Mm-hmm. And they took a hard look at what they're doing. And especially chiefs and organizations were looking at the recommendations and thinking to themselves, where do I start? And it was overwhelming. And that was deliberate. I think that what's happened now is everybody's embraced this because there have been so many cancer deaths, line of duty deaths from cancer, that everybody has this aggressive nature in trying to get at least some sort of mitigative measures in place whether it's making sure your stations are clean, whether it's designing them correctly, whether it's changing your gear, whatever it is, um, you know, you, everybody wants to hear how to fix it now. And, and it's it, again, that's that's the gratification part for me is like, as you remember, going from taboo to, hey, let's open this up and really get some good ideas. And, and there's been some great uh, challenges and there's been some great successes with this. And to me, um, you know, it, it, it's been really, 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 really good to watch how people have embraced what we're doing and what a lot of other people are doing to help firefighters prevent this nasty disease from getting in their bodies. Absolutely. You know, uh, going back in time, I remember being part of the IFF convention. I don't, re- don't remember the number or even the years, probably been about a decade ago in Philadelphia. And we passed this resolution there to work with the IFF on an online training. So we did, that was kind of the first step, but tell me how this whole actual cancer month where you're working in conjunction with the international, how did that come about? And really what does that, for those that haven't seen it yet, what does that cancer month look like? Yeah. So, you know, the the original idea actually was something we had talked about for a long time, but uh, a guy named Jeff Hughes uh, at Orange County Fire Authority um, I did a presentation down there for their organization a couple of times, and he and I became friends and, and talked through some things. And he got involved, really involved with uh, some of the Florida folks and our organization and, and came up with, hey, you know, why don't we float this um, cancer month idea? And, and really, I got to give credit to Jeff because, you know, he was one of the original conversations uh, that we had about doing Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month. And, and um, we were able to get Orange County Firefighters Local 3631 to draft a resolution, the IFF. Um, so it was on the table and President Barrick Hunter at the time uh, took that to convention and it was ratified. So that was sort of how it began. And, and it's just the intention was is to just bring awareness to the entire fire service about firefighter cancer and dedicate a month where you're specifically looking at and not distracted by anything else except for the focus on cancer. Um, we do that a lot with the safety stand down. We do that a lot with other programs, but it really gave us an opportunity to look at cancer as your focus for training, for evaluation of policies, for implementation of best practices, and, and looking to see you know, who's doing it right. 
And uh, it started two years ago. This is our third year doing it. And I think now more than ever, it has gotten a ton of attraction because of obviously the strong partnership between the IFF and the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. Um, you know, President Kelly has done an excellent job of really solidifying that and, and pushing this out aggressively to all the firefighters that really need to hear this information. And, and what it does is it brings that awareness to every firefighter from brand new to old crusty person um, and, and puts it in place so they understand the importance of recognizing the risks that are involved uh, and especially recognizing bad behavior so it can stop immediately. So, um, you know, we do it every month. We have lots of great partners, obviously the IFC, the, I, uh, the NVFC, um, the FRCE, um, FDSOA, all of them, everybody's involved. And it's just really good. It, it, we continue to collaborate with more organizations to make it effective. Um, but really, it's been a marvelous success, and we're looking forward to making it even better for next year. Now, you, you mentioned all those different organizations. I think it's important to note that, you know, I know this is the IFF and FCSN, but nothing is stopping you from, whether you're a volunteer, part-time, from accessing that information. There's no, there's no paywall that says you can't look at this stuff. It's there. It's available. And, and feel free to look at that, too. It's for all of us. It's for the fire service. That's right. And, you know, and this has happened, and, and I know you're aware of this, because, you know, the things that we created by that with that white paper, that, those 11 initiatives, um, you know, <laughs> those have been uh, modified, changed, changed. Uh, added to some subtracted from and put into someone's own words and context. And there were a few times where some of the large organizations came to us and said, Hey, um, we're kind of stealing some of your stuff. Are you okay with that? I'm like, hundred percent. What we're not, we're, we want you to, as long as the information you're providing is accurate, relevant, validated, and legit, you can steal anything we have. You know, we don't have, I don't I don't want to have proprietary rights to any of this stuff. And that whole attitude that, that we've had as an organization has spilled over into excellent collaboration with all sorts of organizations. You know, Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month is not proprietary to the IAFF and the, and the FCSN. We want that information to go out to everybody and every, every firefighting platform there is. So whatever we have, you know, we branded it, we took it, you know, obviously some of the stuff has is, is got copyright, but the, the material we want you to have, we want you to push that up, put your letterhead on it, I don't care. I just want to make sure that everybody has a chance to get that information because to me, the well-being of firefighters takes precedence over anything. And I mean anything. So we want people to use our stuff. We want people to take our stuff. We have a train the trainer program that we put out all over the country for the last 10 years. And I see slides from other presentations that have a remarkable similarity to some of the slides that we put out. And you know what? Great. Good. Because what I know for a fact is that information is being put to good use and, and people are doing it genuinely because they want to see firefighters live safer and be healthier. I'm good with that. And that's what it's about for us. Perfect. Perfect. Now this, uh, the way that this cancer uh, month is broken down on the IFF website is each week has a different subject. That's so right. you got your research, you have uh, your support, you have uh, all the preventative, preventative measures to that. Um, it really speaks to what your organization does. And I would like, actually, if you don't mind, do the pitch. Tell everybody what the FCSN is actually doing, what they're doing for prevention, what they're doing for awareness, and, and really what they're there for support. 
Yeah, the, the most important thing that we do is the badge to badge support. You know, what distinguishes us, I think, from most other organizations that deal with firefighter cancer is the ability for us to provide that badge to badge support, that mentor for someone who's been diagnosed. Um, and Jim, I know that, you know, and I'll speak, I hope I can speak candidly about you. You know, you were the benefactor of that. Um, you were a huge supporter of the organization for a long time, and, and then you were diagnosed, and we were able to help you by providing you a mentor. Um, you know, that to me is the most important program that we have. It's the dedication to other firefighters who are newly diagnosed that feel lost, they feel afraid, they don't know where to go. Being able to come alongside of them with another firefighter who's also had cancer is the most important thing that the FCSN does. And we've been doing that since day one. And I, I just think that that is the most important thing that we do. The second thing that we do is the education and training piece. Believe it or not, there are fire departments out there that still don't have all the information necessary to provide a safe environment for their firefighters. They don't have the ability, whether they're budget constrained or they're just small and, and geographically undesirable, they don't have the ability to get the training and information they need in order to put together good programs and good education for their folks. So we provide that education for free. Um, we had a grant that we, we received four years ago that allowed us to develop the program, and now we've been pushing that out all over the country. Um, the other thing we're doing heavily now is participating in research. As you know, there's been a lot of pontification and theoretical information pushed out there that does not have empirically validated scientific data behind it. Um, blood tests. That's, that's uh, an expensive um, sentence you just said there. I'm just. It is. Yeah. That's like four big words. And I want, <laughs> there's 25 cents a word, by the way, but all, all of that stuff that's happened, you know, when, if you don't have validated research, it doesn't exist. We can't, we can't go on a notion like, yeah, maybe a dog can sniff you out. Great. If that, if that's validated, terrific. I hope that works. Um, if a sauna is going to somehow, you know, prevent you from getting cancer, great, but there's no science behind that. But now the manufacturers have all sorts of science behind it. Um, is an extractor the only means by which you can wash turnouts? Well, no, there's no science behind that. There's no difference between an extractor and an industrial washing machine that you would see the laundromat. Um, but, you know, some of the extractor manufacturers probably don't want you to know that. So there's a lot of things that, you know, get out there that aren't validated, that aren't, aren't really legit. And so what, and this has been a really good program with Sarah Janke and her group with the Science Alliance, is we're taking that science and we're, we're actually taking that information, translating it into a firehouse level understanding so that it can be applied to the, the, the practice of firefighters. So that Science Alliance, and we call it Science of the Station, has really been the portal by which all of the information about firefighting and cancer, whether it's equipment, whether it's procedures, whether it's testing, screening, et cetera, is being run through that alliance and determining whether it's valid or not for us to push out as legitimate to the firefighting community. So that way we're not, we're not being BSed or we're not being um, led down a path that may not necessarily be valid. So that's another thing that the FCSN is heavily involved in is the research part of it and really keeping track of the data and understanding the proximate causes between cancer and firefighting. Um, and then the last part, obviously, is the advocacy part. There's, you know, we don't, we're apolitical, obviously, because we're nonprofit, but we certainly do support legislation that would increase the opportunity for firefighters to get screened. Uh, we've written plenty of letters of support for research grants, et cetera, for some of the major universities that have conducted a lot of research uh, in the area of firefighting and cancer that's really delivered some really, I mean, ex and just incredible information, um, a lot of which was what determined the IR determination of cancer uh, being a class one um, uh, 
threat to firefighters. So I forget the phrase that you use for that, but um, just a lot of really good stuff that we're doing across the country. A lot of things that we've been heavily involved in the, the training part, the mentor part, obviously being the most important, the advocacy and research part. Um, we've really pulled everything together that really deals with firefighters and cancer to try to make an opportunity or give an opportunity for firefighters to be a lot healthier. And you've done, and you've done great. And uh, I, you know, I don't mind that you talk about me. That's I talk about me all the time, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can, t- the stories you can tell, right. But, right. You know, I, I uh, myself, I did the mentor training with Debbie just a couple months ago and I've got two um, recently diagnosed firefighters that I'm mentoring now. And so it is, I mean, the circle keeps going around and around and it has been uh, very rewarding, just paying it forward and sharing my experience to make their experience going through it better. It's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. And, and, and look, um, I, I, I have so much respect for our mentors because, you know, they've been through, and, and, and I'll say this to you specifically, I, I have a great deal of respect for you um, because going through cancer in and of itself is, is a challenge, both mentally and physically. And for someone will, who, someone to be willing to take that experience set aside to benefit another firefighter, you know, that's heroic to me. Um, that to me is a heroic action. And I think that people underestimate um, what them, our mentors do um, because that, that service that we provide for free is I, over and over again, I've heard it, it saved my life. It's made a tremendous difference. You know, there's, there's nothing more that I, nothing I enjoy more than getting a text message or a phone call from one of our survivors that says, I, I, I'm glad I know about your organization. You made all the difference in the world. Uh, I, I don't know, even know how to begin to thank you. Um, that, that's just really heartening to hear because it makes you realize how important this work is that we're doing. It is. And, you know, I think all of us want to leave the fire service better than we got there, you know, when we started. And I absolutely believe the FCSN does that in numerous different ways. The prevention, obviously, I mean, we'll never really know the impact that we made by people following those 11 steps from that white paper. We'll, we'll never truly know. Um, but I imagine it's remarkable. And, and the amount of lives and the families that are still around and, and happy because of that is, we'll never know, but you, we can just imagine. But yeah. along the same line with, you know, when we're mentoring somebody, we're again, we're, we're paying it forward. We want to make sure that they are taken care of and, and their experience, even though it may suck, it may not suck quite as much um, by having that knowledge, by having somebody that's been there. That's right. So it, it's the whole, the whole thing is it's, it's all just great stuff. And I'm thankful, you know, to be part of it, to be part of it then. And, and, and back now has been, you know, great. Yeah. And, and again, it's a testament to who you are, you know, and, and, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, make you feel good about yourself. God knows I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. But, uh, but, uh, I do think, but but I do think it's you said something that's that's really important there. It's like you know, paying it forward. You know, having the opportunity to make a significant difference. I mean, we took an oath when we put that badge on our chest to to do good for others. And firefighters are not in the business of asking for help. We, we're horrible at that, um, and it goes back to that whole invincible syndrome. But when, when a firefighter has a chance to help another firefighter, we drop everything and do that, and, and at our own personal expense a lot of times. 
And I just think that says a lot about the fire service. And, and here we go back to Bobby Halton. That's what he was about. That guy never slept. I mean, he never slept. That guy was always going around doing something. And, you know, you get a guy like that who's leading the charge against so many things, not just cancer, but so many things in the fire service. And, and you just look and go, wow, there are people that actually care and are, are contributing to the well-being of others as their fundamental priority. And, you know, maybe it's a, a Christian value that I have that maybe transcends all of this stuff. But, you know, for me, it's the, the most the greatest accomplishment I'll ever have is helping somebody out. Um, and helping somebody else out. I, I just think that's the most important thing in my life personally is to, to be able to say to others, hey, look, I'm here for you. We're going to help you out. Don't be afraid. Uh, we're going to be right alongside you through this journey. There's, there's just such an incredible sense of satisfaction being able to do that. No, it is. That's very nicely said. You've always been good of words. <laughs> and, and it makes me even think of um, at one point in time, in our younger days, I won the uh, Spirit of Debbie Wood Award. And this was before I found this ability to kind of talk in front of people. Do you remember? <laughs> I, I had I had Brian talk for me because I was too embarrassed and nothing would come out. That was great. Not and, now, and now I got a, a show. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? We just needed to unleash the, that inner that inner self of Jim Bernica. That's all. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I do remember that. That was I, I, that's funny. You, I remember that. Yeah. So um, you know, but wow. let me let me just comment on that too, because you know, and we joke about that. And, and just to frame this so everybody understands, you know, at the at, we had an annual gala for our organization and we always give out an award or two or three. And one of them is the spirit of Debbie Wood Award. Debbie Wood was our original uh, wellness coordinator and she was just a, an, an amazing human being. And she unfortunately did not survive her last bout of cancer, but she was just one of the, a good friend. Her and her husband, Steve, were both um, just great people to the organization. And we give an award to the person who dedicates the most time, who shows that same spirit that Debbie War Wood had um, to the organization and Jim got that one year and for those of you that don't know Jim really well back in the day Jim was not as um, articulate and was not as forthcoming and perhaps not necessarily as out outgoing as he is now um, and when we gave him the award we kind of put him on a spot and he wasn't expecting it which was the best part about it but we handed it to him and he kind of stood there in front of 500 people and didn't know what to say and he said, and then he looked at me and said, okay, Brian's going to talk for me. And, and it, was, it was just really, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a really cool moment in a way, but, but it was, it was a representation of a guy who has the ultimate humility, who doesn't have a lot to say, but talks with his actions. And there's a lot to be said about someone like that. And now we've transcended or we've, we've sort of transitioned you into a more uh, outspoken, uh, clearly very well articulate, great producer, show host, whatever you want to call yourself now, but um, but a guy that who understands it and I think gets the message out very clearly and is doing some good work. But it, it, it's just an example of people that are in this organization. They have an element of humility um, that nobody wants notoriety. Nobody wants their name on anything. Nobody wants to be in the news. Nobody wants to be in the front of magazine covers. No, none of us want any of that. We want to just do the good work that's helping others. And, and I think that just says a lot about it. And, and Jim, you're no different. Well, thank you for that. You make me, for those that are listening to me, I'm blushing. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's watching. They can see it. No, but thank you. Um, wow. Uh, I got to ask, 
what's what's next i mean what i mean uh you've already you mentioned it before you know going to that that meeting initially and there's you know four people on the board Mm -hmm. um 15 people in the audience uh you know i i remember i kind of ran this like a union like a union executive board because that's what i know that's what i knew right and and now you you know you mentioned 350 people that you have volunteering for you um i mean what's what's next because now you just you're a machine like (laughs) well uh the big thing is is you know making sure we sustain the organization you know one of the things the big changes we made last year is we actually assembled a true board of directors so our board of directors now um, aren't necessarily firefighters. They are um, pretty high-powered folks that really have an investment into the organization from all walks of life. We've got Captain Barger, who's um, a member of the LA County Board of Supervisors. We have um, Jackie Brown, who is the Chief uh, Information Officer for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We've got um, Julie Sherman, who, as you know, Strasner and Sherman, a, a prominent law firm in California, who were actually started the FCSN with us and have funded, financed, supported, and just been great partners throughout the entire term of the FCSN. Um, We've got Dan Murphy, who is the Director of Development for Dignity Health, who's on our board. Um, We've got uh, Michael Barish, who's a prominent attorney in New York that does a lot of work with the FDNY and the NYPD, uh, especially with the 9-11 World Trade Center cases. Um, We've got just a, a wide array and diverse board of, of, of directors that's really helping us navigate through the next iteration of the organization. And part of that is, you know, as you know, any large organization, the, the, most, the most challenging part of it is raising money and fundraising. And, you know, I don't raise money well. I'm not a fundraiser. That's not my wheelhouse. I'm horrible at it. I always have been horrible. I, I'm not good at asking people for money for anything. We've been very fortunate to have some great partners along the way that have been able to help fund and sustain the organization. And the FCSN is very financially healthy. But um, in forecasting the next two, three, four, five years, we wanna make sure that that sustainability remains solvent. So we assembled the board of directors. They're they're a true board of directors. We transition um, the folks that were on the board of directors previously um, back into operational officers. So now we have an operations section of the FCSN that just manages the day-to-day business. Um, Lisa Raggio, who's our executive director, handles most of our business stuff um, and, and really operating like a true nonprofit business. So uh, that was a big change last year. It's really worked out well. Um, I think the next thing for us is really to help is just to continue the fight in every in every front that we can um, we can um, engage in. One of the things that I'm working on uh, as a goal for mine for 2023 is developing a concierge program for firefighters for some of the teaching hospitals. Um, there's been some, some cases where firefighters weren't able to get care in a reasonable amount of time, and that led to their demise, um, whether it was workers' comp or whatever it was. My, my vision is to be able to pick up the phone in a geographical region uh, that has a firefighter that needs treatment immediately that may not necessarily be uh, a simple type of cancer, and I can get them into one of the facilities that can handle that complexity or that type of cancer for that firefighter without any delay, um, and have that VIP slash concierge treatment for firefighters. That would be the thing that I'm going to focus on a lot this year is developing those relationships with those hospitals. My goal is to get 10 this year, maybe 20 if I if I have a, a lot of good luck. 
um, and then moving forward, having a, a VIP concierge system that we can push firefighters into immediately when they're diagnosed. So it takes that ambiguous waiting period out of the fact, out of the equation, and they get the treatment they need immediately. Um, because there's just nothing more daunting than having to sit and wait and wait and wait, whether it's work comp nonsense, insurance nonsense, whatever it is, we, we want to try to circumvent that process. So our firefighters are getting exactly what they need. And as you know, I don't have a lot of tolerance for waiting around for people, especially when they're in need. So I will um, impose myself on any of those opportunities that I can find to make sure that our firefighters get exactly what they need. You should have saw the crap he was giving me for being late. <laughs> and in fact, he was early. Uh, that's right. <laughs> different time zones. Um, you know, that's I, I love that goal for you. I can tell you, um, and I don't think I've ever actually talked about this. Um, after, after I had my surgery, it was a few weeks later. I didn't hear anything from the docs. I think I'm, I'm good. I'm in the clear. And I, I have the time off work. And I end up going to Arizona, like, let's go out there and let's just relax. Yeah. And I get the, I get the call out there from pathology and saying, Hey, uh, it was actually in a lymph node, but we don't think you need to do anything else. And, and it was just, he was very, the doctor was kind of very like, nah, nah, no big deal kind of thing. And, and for me, hmm. and I'm sure other people that have been in the situation was like, I don't know. I that's that's the highway of the body. I'm not so sure. And so I know I, I ended up wanting to get, you know, some other opinions. And um, I had a similar thing that you're talking about with the University of Miami, Florida. Um, I happened to be, I went from Arizona, like right to Florida the very next week. And uh, while I was out there, I called. And I think the next day, uh, maybe two days later, they had me an appointment with one of their doctors at the University of Miami and, and kind of, reassuring that it is okay don't don't worry um that meant the world because i was freaking out again it was that that was it was the high and lows of being diagnosed you yeah. know you think you think you have the surgery you think you're in the clear everything went well and then you get that you know the call but wait a second and you know um so having something like that where you just you don't have to wait and they understand you i know when i went to ohio state they were great but they didn't understand me they didn't understand the job. And that would have been, I think, very helpful. Well, part of, you know, I think there's two, there's two parts to this, this uh, goal for mine, you know, again, and let me just talk about University of Miami for a minute. What, what a great group. I'll tell you what, the University of Arizona and University of Miami, uh, Aaron Kobitz and her team down there with Alberto Caban Martinez. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. You know, University of Miami has been a staunch advocate for firefighters for so long, and they do such great work down there. Um, you know, we partner with them and, and a lot of their symposiums they do. And, you know, Alberto is a friend of mine. We, we've taught across the country in a lot of the seminars and, and just a good group and really doing some good, good work. You know, Jeff Burgess at a University of Arizona, same thing. He, he's dedicated his career to this. And some of the, the results from his studies that are coming out are amazing. Um, and this is why it's exciting for me, Jim, uh, because as you know, back then, there were, none of this was happening. And now there's so much research going on with firefighters and cancer. I mean, all the way from, you know, Jeff Burgess's, you know, epidemia or his um, epigenetic studies all the way to University of Miami and what they're doing with the decon and a lot of their, you know, reproductive stuff that's coming out now um, to Kenny Fenton and NIOSH doing the National Firefighter Registry. There's so much good work happening right now. 
you know, to be able to get someone that care necessary immediately with one of these legitimate teaching hospitals um, is, is a huge goal. But the second part of that is for us to educate those that don't know firefighters and trying to get the medical community to accept the fact that, hey, this person has a higher risk of cancer as a result of their occupation. We've proven that. We know that there's approximate cause between cancer and firefighting. We, we know that the screening process for a typical general population individual has to be different than that of a firefighter. A firefighter needs to be treated much more aggressively. They need to be screened a lot more aggressively and they need to be treated a lot more aggressively. So those are things that we, you know, one of the things that I will encumber is that education piece. So we've educated the fire service, but I think the next iteration which is why, you know, I intend on partnering with some of the, the aforementioned universities uh, is to educate the medical community, get to the medical schools, the oncology departments and saying, hey, when you have a firefighter, this is what you should be looking for, because here is the statistically significant impact that it has uh, on their typical on their types of cancer and their atypical presentation. So uh, those are things that I really want to push forward and really, really try to get through um, in this upcoming year or two. I, lo I love the idea, Brian. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what you pull off with that. <laughs> well, it's not me pulling it off. Uh, no, and, you're, you're I, team. I lot, yeah, I, I said a lot. I, I hope I haven't used the word I uh, because I, I am literally just the person that um, does these things and, and talks. The, the you're, team, you're here for uh, the looks, right? Right. Yeah, the hair. Um, <laughs> I have an incredible group of people that I work with that, that do just amazing work all over the country. Uh, and, you know, you're part of that. So it's it's a collaborative effort that really has, it doesn't have borders, it doesn't have barriers, it doesn't have organizational restrictions. It truly is um, a, a united front against cancer in the fire service. And I think it's just important to recognize all of those that are on the FCSN team, um, the Florida team, the Arizona team, the Ohio team, and all the teams around the country that are doing great work for firefighters. Perfect. Um, I get to see you twice coming up. First time <laughs> is in March, kind of near the Cincinnati area. Yep. And I forget the dates. And uh, and then I've got you coming to my conference, the Brothers Helping Brothers Conference in October, uh, and you're kicking that thing off. And Nick's going to kill me because I can't remember the dates off the top of my head. But it's the end of October at Brothers Helping Brothers. Uh, look that up and you'll see it. But I get to hand you the microphone and just lay back and enjoy myself. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, I like Ohio. I've been, uh, we're going, so the, the March uh, symposium, it's the Loveland Sims, Billy Goldfeder puts that on. It's uh, March 20th, I believe. Um, great show. Uh, Tim Sendelbach is going to be the host for that, along with the Loveland Sims. You know, Otto Huber up in Loveland Sims has done some incredible work in his department and in that surrounding area. And, you know, again, a, a super good chief, a super good friend of the fire service. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to be up there to talk at that conference. Um, and then come into the Brothers Helping Brothers. That's going to be fun. It's the first time for me. So uh, I'm excited to be up there. I hope it's not snowing. I looked it up. It, it shouldn't be. I looked it up. It's October 25th. 25th. Okay. I believe I hand you the microphone or it'll probably be, it'll probably be one of the Janet Jackson microphones. <laughs> I think you're, you're on at 0845. I want the rhinestone microphone, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Hey, I, I've enjoyed myself today. Um, I hope our listeners and viewers have as well. Um, for all of them out there, if they wanted to find out more information about the Firefighter Cancer Support Network, where should they go? Yeah, so our website is firefightercancersupport.org. 
Um, you know, obviously we have a lot of resources there. We have a library that has some sample policies. We have uh, what we do, how we do it. If uh, you feel inclined to donate, that'd be super helpful for us as well. We have a donate button there. Um, if you need help, more importantly, there's a, a red button on that website, on every page of that website that you just click that and you click on where you're at and it will, it will get you directly to our state director, to our wellness coordinator and to me. So um, I'm happy to leave my information. I know, Jim, if you want to pass that on, as you know, if you get diagnosed and you have no alternatives and you can't get a hold of anybody, um, you call me directly because there's a 99% chance I'm going to answer my phone. So um, we're here for you. We're uh, grateful to have the opportunity to talk with you, Jim, obviously a longtime friend and a, a huge advocate for health and safety in the fire service. Uh, what a privilege it was for me to be here today. And I'm looking forward to seeing you real soon. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Me too. Uh, for, for everybody out there, I'll put uh, Brian's information in the notes. Um, I also want to, I'll include, uh, uh, I did a web show with, uh, it's probably been a year ago now with Debbie Pike, the uh, wellness coordinator. So I'll put that in there. And then uh, also the link for the IFF Cancer Awareness Month. So awesome. with all that being said, he's Brian Frieders. And I'm Jim Bernica, and we are out of time. Until next time, take care. Thank you. So long, everybody. Thanks.